Um, well, today, going through the ABCs, you know, I've got to remember, even though we do get some deep so topics and subjects here, and this is fine, because anyway, we're learning, we're learning. Uh, but I've, you know, still my goal when I started this class was to just keep it simple uh, and just the foundational elements of, of the Christian walk. And so going through the ABCs, you know, salvation, it's a very complex subject, but yet it's so very simple and multifaceted. Well, this week I decided to go with the letter T, which is tithe. Now, I do, I'm not, y'all know, y'all all been here for quite a while now. I don't harp on money. I don't preach on money. Um, but money is mentioned a lot of times in God's Word. Um, and as I've said it so many times, it's not, it's not money that's necessarily bad. The Bible says it's the love of money that's the root of all evil. So it's okay to have things as long as those things don't have you. And that's the way I've always, I've always tried to look at it. Um, but So I don't really talk about money. That's between a person and the Lord. But I can't overskip it because it is in his word. And so I want to look at a subject that there's a lot of, over the last 10 years, there's been a lot of debate of, is tithing. And so this week, and I doubt we're going to finish today because we'll, 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 we'll run a rabbit trail here and there. But uh, I'm <laughs> it's all good. Uh, but I want to understand that the, the word tithe, even though it is an Old Testament concept, it is still very much alive in the New Testament. Uh, and I'll tell you why. This is God's, why God did this, why God asked for this. Um, and I will say this, all right, I'll, I'll jump ahead of myself and say this. We see in point number two, the requirement, the word tithe, you see in Malachi 3.10, says, bring ye all the tithes into the storehouse, that there may be meat in mine house. Well, it's talking about the church, naturally. Um, the word tithe, we see just a percentage, means 10%. That is derived from the Hebrew word uh, myaser. If I didn't pronounce that, that's the, that's the Hebrew word. It just simply means a tenth. I was in a church that I, I, I grew up in. Well, not grew up in, but uh, I grew up in the Open Bible out in Chatham. But a church I was at as an associate pastor grew up you know, my late my teens and my early adult years at Timberlake, we had a guy one time that blessed the offering, and literally his prayer was kind of funny, but it was so true. He said, God, thank you for only asking for a tenth and letting us have the other 90. <laughs> and, you know, it's really hilarious the way he worded that, but it is kind of true, but I've learned this, and this is the elementary precept of foundation, uh, foundational basic precept of a tithe. You can take, a Christian, a believer, can take that tenth and in obedience give it to God. God can bless that 90% and you can go much further than that 90% because of your obedience than you could have done with the whole 100% on your own. That's just, you cannot explain it. You cannot sit down with a pen and paper and a calculator and make it make sense. But it's true. Every time. And, and you know, Tithing, to, for, for me, was the easiest thing a Christian can do. Uh, the Bible does talk about money a lot. I think the, the elementary, the easiest thing for, for believers to do, number one, is pay your bills. Because if you don't pay your bills, you're being dishonest. Uh, and the easiest thing is just to simply tithe and just trust God. And that's, that's you know, talk about faith. So many times we talk about faith and forsaking all, I'll trust Him. 
You, again, you can't with a calculator and a pen and pad make it make sense. But I promise you, God can bless that 90% a lot farther. And I've, heard, I've had people say, you know, I decided not to tithe this week and my refrigerator broke or my washing machine quit working or I got sick and had to go to the emergency room. Yeah, I mean, no, there's a lot of, lot of ways God blesses because of your obedience. He doesn't always bless monetarily. He may bless that your refrigerator, your roof don't leak, or your refrigerator doesn't blow up. Uh, he can bless your health. But anyway, so it's always best to obey God. But let's jump right in here into the lesson. First of all, we see the reference. Now, this first passage is kind of more or less talking about offerings. Uh, someone read Genesis 4.1. And Adam knew Eve, his wife, and she conceived, and bare Cain, and said, I have gotten a man from the Lord. And she said again, and, oh no, she, and she again bore his brother Abel, and Abel was a keeper of sheep, but Cain was a tiller of the ground. And in the process of time it came to pass that Cain brought of the fruit of the ground an offering to the Lord. And Abel he also brought of the persons of his flock, and no, I couldn't see it. And the fact there, <laughs> and the Lord had respected unto Abel and to his offering. Okay, so this is kind of more or less, instead, instead of a precept of uh, tithe, this is more or less talking about an offering. It's almost like saying, hey, God, thank you for your blessings. They gave something, they gave something back. Because uh, uh, Abel was a shepherd. It says he was a keeper of the sheep. Cain was a farmer. He was a tiller of the ground. So they bring their offerings to God. Abel brought the first firstlings of the flock. The fact that he, he, he gave a, you know, a little sheep. Um, Abel brought uh, the fruit of the vine, um, the vegetables. But it said the Lord had respect unto Abel and to his offering. The reason being is Abel's was a blood offering. I'm reading a book now. I uh, hope I didn't lose it on my trip, but I, th I think I'd set the house. <laughs> Called The Chemistry of the Blood. And, you know, our life literally is found in the blood. Levit Leviticus 17.11 tells us that. But when, when your blood gets off, uh, I'm sure Amber can tell us a whole lot more. But when your blood, your red cells and your white cells, all of them get out, you're going to be a sick person. Uh I've just learned about the white cells just in the last couple of weeks, how much, how important they are to fight off infection. When you got an infection in your body, all those white cells just go to that like a magnet to try to protect you. And so, so the innocent, had, the whole Bible, the whole story of the Bible is talking about the innocent had to die for the guilty. That's what the gospel is. Jesus died for us. Okay, but. The lamb was killed in Cain's offering, uh, Abel's offering, but not Cain's. So anyway, they gave to the Lord an offering. Well, the first mention of tithe, though, is found in Genesis 14, just a few chapters later. And Mel, I'll read this one since these names may be tricky. And Melchizedek, the king of Salem, brought forth bread and wine. And he was the priest of the Most High God. Now, remember, back in Genesis in this time, we're talking about Abraham. And his family. Well, Abraham left the Earl of the Chaldees because God just says, get out, because it was a pagan nation. They worshiped false gods. They didn't want nothing to do with Jehovah God. So God told Abraham, get out of the country. I'll take you where I want you. So by faith, Abraham believed God and, and went. And um, one of the people in Abraham's 
family was Lot. It was his nephew. It was his brother's son. Now, we don't know anything about Abraham's brother. We think he's probably died. So Abraham kind of helped raise his nephew. So when they're at war fighting one group, another group comes into this word Salem. That's just a simple Old Testament picture of Jerusalem. If you put the word J, the letter J-E-R-U in front of this, you got Jerusalem. So this was Salem. Um, so while Abraham and them was fighting, somebody come in the back door and attacked Abraham's family, and they took Lot, his nephew. And so when they got back, Abraham realizes, yes, they was victorious on the battlefield, but somebody come in their home and took family and, and, and their goods. So Abraham immediately goes into battle, and God blesses Abraham. He defeats them. He gets his nephew Lot back and all his possessions. He's going back. Well, this guy by the name of Melchizedek, the king of Salem, he comes forth to meet Abraham and his men. So this Melchizedek, a lot of people say he is a typology of Jesus Christ. The word Melchizedek, I believe, means king of righteousness. So there's been a lot of debate, a lot of talk. Who is this guy really? Could it have been the pre-incarnate Jesus Christ? It very well could have been. Because here's, um, now we know Jesus came in the form of a human there at Christmas time. That's what we celebrate. He come at Bethlehem. But many times in the Old Testament, you'll see the term angel of the Lord. And a lot of those believe it's Jesus himself. Without a body, he's more spirit. But anyway, I don't want to get caught up there. But Abraham and his men come back. They're tired from battle. They've been running. They've been fighting for weeks. Then it gets personal because they've got to go save some of Abraham's family. They're tired. They're hungry. They're homeless. They have nothing. So all of a sudden, this guy Melchizedek shows up, <laughs> and he brought forth bread and wine. He gives the food and provision to them because he was the priest of the Most High God. And he blessed him. This is Melchizedek blessing Abraham and said, Blessed be Abram. That's the the spelling of Abraham before it got changed officially. The Most High God, possessor of heaven and earth. Now, Abraham wasn't the possessor of heaven and earth. He's talking about the Most High God. And he said, Blessed be thee, Most High God, which hath delivered thee, uh, delivered thine enemies into thy hand. So this king comes and comes and blesses him. Now, when you see the word blessing in the Old Testament, it's almost kind of like he comes and blesses and prays for him and prays over him. Nowadays, when we pray for other, you say, well, they don't have no supernatural power. Maybe not to us, but I got a supernatural answer to prayer sitting beside me. Um, so I, I might have another one in the 11 o'clock service. I don't know. My buddy Brian might be here this morning. Uh, he, he wasn't feeling the best in the world uh, yesterday. But uh, our, our prayers, we don't see immediate answers, but sometimes we do. But sometimes we see prayers. Now, I got one on this side of the table, and I got one on the other side of the table. Uh, you know, answers to prayers. Take, but in those times, it was almost like something supernatural would happen because this guy, especially a priest, um, he prayed. Anyway, so Abraham is so thankful because he gave him the provision, and he prayed over him. That last part, he says, he gave him tithes of all. So here's the Old Testament, first mention of tithes. What did Abraham give him? Now, I would think... He probably gave him a tenth of the sheep and of the possessions that he just went and rescued back from the enemy. So Abraham gave, it, uh, gave him a tenth to say thank you and to honor you. So that's the reference. 
All right, and then we see the requirement, and we see really what all this is about. I've already kind of let the cat out of the bag on this. And we'll look at Malachi next week, um, if we run out of time, which we probably will. Bring ye all the tithes into the storehouse, that there may be meat in my house. Now, this is talking about the temple in the Old Testament. Uh, we don't need a temple now uh, to worship God, because in the Old Testament, God resided in the temple. The New Testament, guess where God resides? You're a temple of God now. All right? But in the Old Testament, and, and there's a New Testament precept to this too. You bring the tithes into the church house, God's house, so the gospel and the work of the gospel can go out. All right? So we see the percentage. The percentage, I've talked about that, it's 10% because the Hebrew word for tithe is uh, ma, ma asaria. Um, I can't even speak good English, let alone Hebrew. <clears throat> we see it's uh, it's uh, it's just simply a tenth. So that means if you make ten dollars a week, you give God a dollar. If you make a hundred dollars a week, you give Him ten dollars. If you make a thousand dollars a week, you give Him a hundred dollars a week. And you know, and and as your pay goes up, the offering gives up. And I heard a story one time. He said a man, um, man. Uh, Pray God give him a job. Pray God give him a job. He never got a job, so he went to the preacher. And the preacher said, well, I'm going to start praying with you. And the guy gets a job making $200 a week. And he's like, man, preacher, I appreciate you praying so hard for me. He said, I want to give back what God you know, asked for. He said, well, how much would that be? He said, well, how much do you get paid? He said, $200 a week. And he said, well, I can afford $20, man. I'm going to give that back to God. Well, the guy was good, hard working. The next thing you know, he's making $1,000 a week. And he goes back to the preacher and he says, how much is the tithe on this? preacher says, well, it's simply a tenth. He says, that's $100 a week. That guy goes, I don't think I can afford $100 a week. That's a lot of money. Let's see here. You went from $200 to $1,000 a week. You went from, you were okay with $20, but now you're not. He said, preacher, you got to pray for me. The preacher said, okay, let's bow our heads and pray. He says, Lord, we thank you for teaching this guy's lessons, and I pray now you'd decrease his pay back to $200 a week. <laughs> and the guy goes, wait, 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 wait. He said, well, you told me to pray. So it's, it's, kind of, it's kind of funny, but yet it's just simply a tent. And I am living proof um, that, that, I mean, I, I tithe. I mean, I tithe everything. I, every dollar I try to make, I try to tithe. Um, because it's going back into the work of God. Now, is the gospel free? Absolutely it's free. But we support about 26 missionaries. I promise you the city of Danville does not give us utilities for free. <laughs> In fact, they, they charge us quite uh, quite handsomely. I think our utility bill is between 1500 and 2000 a month. Uh, uh, well, I mean, you got three buildings. I mean, so, I mean, it's... it's it, it, yeah, I mean, it, 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 it's just crazy, man. Um, you got me, who's full-time staff. Um, and, you know, John and Hunter, are, are, are part, we got people who clean. We got secretaries. I mean, it just takes a lot to get the gospel out. But, I mean, that's the way God does it. So he takes our tent. So that's the percentage. Then we see the preeminence of this. Um, and, and simply put, um, Proverbs 3, 9, this is, I don't know how simply you put this. Honor the Lord with thy substance. And with the first fruits of all thine increase, so shall thy barns be filled with plenty, and thy precious shall burst out with new wine. Now, back in the day, money weren't all that prevalent, but your crops were. <laughs> so, 
you give to the Lord, the Lord gives you the sunshine you need. He gives you the rain he needs. He protects it from tornadoes and hurricanes and all that. And your barns will be filled with plenty. Grain was huge back in those days. Remember the study of Book of Ruth on Wednesday nights. Your presses shall burst forth with new wine. You're going to have grapes and vineyards and grape juice. He's going to bless it. Why? If we honor the Lord with our substance and with the first fruits of all that increase. Um, I just tithe once a month now. Checks have got really expensive, and um, it's just the way I, I, I generally do it. Um, but before I pay any of my bills, my house payment, my utility bill, insurance, and all, I try to pay God first. The, I give him the first fruits, and I pay um, before I pay on, what is that, the net before the government. Because the government, something else, I always pay more. I pay what I brought in before taxes. And, and God will bless that. Now, if I were to get a refund, I feel like a tithe's already paid on that. Because I pay before taxes. But, um, uh, and, and he will bless. Now, if you've never tithed, God says it. And I don't know if I've got it in our notes. If not, I'll have it initially. He says, just prove me. If you don't believe this will work, just, just, just tithe. And I'll, I'll show you how I can bless you. Um, so, but I also want to see... The first fruits of all thine increase. God never asks you to give what you don't have. Now this might be a silly illustration, but it might be a good one. Mike here in the car business, I was talking to Mike the other week. He said he's had some months that are great, and he's got some months that are slim pickings. <laughs> like the long, tall Texans, slim pickings. Uh, God doesn't ask Mike to tithe. If he ain't sold no cars that month. Why? Because he hadn't made an increase. But there may be, there may be some months where he can't keep a car on the lot. Which I've seen his lot pretty bare back in 2020. He couldn't get cars to sell. By the way, Texas, every car lot's full. Something shady going on, buddy. <laughs> Something shady. It's funny you say that because, you know, I travel all over the state for work. Uh -huh. I've been in South Boston. I've been to Roanoke. Every other car lot you ever look out there. Slam full, even dealerships. But not Danville. Come to Danville, they're I can't figure that out. But I did. I, I thought it was a huge shortage on all cars. I go to Texas, they're slammed, man. I'm like, hey, Mark, go to Nelson. Nelson's lots full. Mm -hmm. And ain't the first thing here. That's some shady. That's some shady stuff going on. <laughs> I will say this. I will say this. I've only trust two used car dealers, and he's one of them. <laughs> Honestly. Uh, I've got as bad as many cars at home those bikes got on this lot, sadly. I got a problem. Um, but, <laughs> but anyway. <laughs> um, but there's a little truth into this. He never asks you to give what you don't have. There's a lot of churches, and I'm not bad mouthing any churches, and maybe you've seen some churches that's done this, something called faith promise. It's, they do it for missions. Each family praise and maybe pledges to give so much a week to help go towards missions. I don't believe in that. They did that here before. Yeah, that's why when I got here, it was an absolute disaster. If the Lord lays on somebody's heart, let's say for, for you, Cindy, if the Lord lays that on your heart to give above uh, something called faith promise. Like we support 26 missionaries. And some of you are not familiar with this, and this is just a little truth. 
And so they, they ask, they just ask everybody, maybe towards the end of the year, pray and just see what you will give every week as an offering on top of your tithes. So your tithes is really not optional. We have to give it because it's a command. Or your offering then is if you give something on top of it, that's almost like giving back as a, as a thank you. All right. Well, a lot of churches, and I know Riverview did before I got here, and I'm not putting that down. I think it's up to every guy, every pastor as he leads his church. But they'll say, you pray about it. And if you decide to give on top of your offering for our missions, it's called faith promise. You promise to give something every week. Well, what happens if you get sick and you can't work? Or if you lose your job? You don't have that income. So I don't do it that way. What we do here at Riverview is... Every offering that comes in every week, the first tenth goes into something Which called. Goes to whatever it needs to go to, and then the rest goes to whatever it needs to go to. And we have different accounts. Yeah. Our missions fund—I don't call it a missions fund because when I got here, our missions fund was a disaster. Well, a lot of a lot of stuff was in trouble when I first got here, and I'm I'm not trying to put the guy down. The last pastor I think was more of an evangelist. Uh, I'm, he was a good guy, good good, good preacher, um, um, but. He just did not oversee things. Um, a church is not a business, but it has to be run like one. Because you got bills, you got responsibilities, you got to do. Kind of like the government. Oh, speaking of right. like, like, <laughs> um, was it Caudle? Brother Caudle? Todd Caudle? I bought them lunch. Ah, oh, cool. We, we were at uh, Firehouse. Ah, oh, cool. And they were standing in there getting ready to getting ready to pay, and I walked up and stuck my card in the he bank, and he stood like this. Was that, was that lunch or supper after he spoke? No, it was, it was, it was, it was a couple days late. Like, it was like, it was like last week. Oh, cool, cool. And he kind of stopped and kind of looked over at me like, where did that come from? Yeah, see. And I said, you don't remember me, do you? Yeah, see, the Lord will bless you for that. I honestly believe that. I said, we were just there Sunday. I was like, oh, yeah, and then we got to talk, and then he realized. But see, all right, another illustration because I think Mike's only well, you you kind of run your own business in a sense. He has to. Um, but Mike has to run his business with one thing in mind, and that's the bottom line: a dollar. It has to be. Businesses have to, have to be there. I mean, I like cars. So I got to be careful. I don't go off into some right. But if he gets a car and it needs a thousand dollars worth of work that has to be done, he's going to put that thousand dollars in. I know he's going to want something to be trustworthy. But if he can use another three or four hundred dollars just to make it pretty, he has to look at that. Is that worth it? Why? Because his bottom line is a dollar. That's what businesses make. Jerry Clowell said, "You buy low and you sell high, and the difference is what you call profit." And he said, "Profit's not a bad word, and it really is not." Okay. But his bottom line has to be. The dollar. Why? Because he's got a wife and two kids and a nice home and a family to support and look after. It has to be. The church has to be run like a business, but the bottom line is never a dollar. <clears throat> the bottom line for a church is lives and people and souls, ultimately. And so that's what it has to be for, for a church. But it's run similar. Um, and I'm starting to forget what I'm going to say. Okay, mission. All right. <laughs> Faith, faith promise giving, there's a lot of churches that do that and do very well with it and support a ton of missions. And I'm not, but that's just not my conviction. So, and every week our, our tithes and offerings are counted 
The first tenth comes out and goes to a separate fund called the Furtherance Fund. I called that when I got here because I, if you call it missions, when you use the word missions, you're thinking about overseas missionaries. Yes, we do sponsor missionaries overseas and domestically in the United States, but we've got a mission field on Park Avenue and Westover Drive and Riverside Drive and 58 and 41 and 29. So we, we, we try to help people locally because I think if we just send all our money overseas, that makes us a bunch of hypocrites. Why can't we minister to the people around here? We we've tried to help people when they've you know lost everything in a fire. We've tried to help them you know donation of money and if people come in and say hey we need help with food generally we don't give them money because we don't know if they're trustworthy and go out and buy something they ain't got no business buying. We try to keep some grocery store gift cards on hand. Uh, we try to help those uh, uh, around us. And it's just it's just part of what we do. So I, we call it the furtherance fund. So if you ever see a budget, that's what it is. It's our missions fund. We do locally, city-wise, county-wise, state-wise, nation-wise, world-wise. Um, so, um, but God's not going to ask you to give what you don't have. That's why I don't, I don't, I don't, we don't do that here. All right, and then we see the portion, okay? Um, and this kind of goes along, along with this. Uh, now concerning collections for the saints, if I have given the order to the Church of Galatia, even so do ye. Now, remember, this is Paul. This is the fellow who started more churches than anybody. Uh, he's talking about the collections for the saints. He talked about the church at Galatia. He says, Upon the first day of the week, which is Sunday, let every one of you lay by him in store as God hath prospered him, that there be no gatherings when I come. Um, so, the churches did this in biblical times. Now, churches in biblical times were a lot different than our churches. We got nice, fancy, air-conditioned, carpeted, padded. <clears throat> churches were different in those days. And when you look at churches, not talking about so much as an assembly, but the actual church of God, the saints who are in trouble and have need. My heart right now is heavy for our senior adults in our church who are on fixed incomes, especially if, it, if they don't have a spouse. Um, gas is going through the roof. Food is going up. Everything's going up. Everything. You can't do anything to make money. And you can't, you can't do that. Yep. You're, you're, everything's going up except your pay. Yeah, absolutely. But... Um, I think it'll come a time uh, as is is I'm not going I'm not as a pastor I'm not going to let any of our senior adults suffer. Uh, if 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 I find out our senior adult needs something, hey, we're going to be there for them and we're going to we're going to help them. And as Walmart, when I people go out the door, I see what they got. Some seniors they can barely get. Yeah. They say I just have this amount of money, I can't get what I need, and I you know my heart goes out. Yep, yeah, senior senior adults. The ones that don't have money, you can tell too. They'll buy the cheaper bread. They'll buy this and that. They don't buy all that. Yep. And then she sees the other ones with the food stamps. Oh, I know. Like oh. I know. I know. I mean, yeah. Then they still got a thousand dollars left on their yeah. account. I, I have a hard time dealing with that many too, but we got God. <laughs> we got God. Yeah, I, I 
I've been I've been to uh, I've been to God's storehouse. I've been to God's storehouse to donate food before. We had a truck driver at our other church that if he was coming through this area, he lived in this area. Mm-hmm. If he was coming through and he had anything left on his semi because he drove for I forgot who he drove for, instead of him going another state or two over to drop that food off, he said if you would donate it to a nonprofit organization. And get a receipt. We'll write use it as a write off, and you can go on home and rest for a couple of extra days. So we did that a couple of times. Guy drove. He and in fact he had some a, a pallet of bow rounds for Bojangles, and he said if you that's the only thing he had left on his truck. He said if you can donate that, find a nonprofit organization, give you some type of receipt, drop it off, and go home and rest. So he called me. He was coming through the area, and I'm like, yeah, man, I'll call God's storehouse. I'll meet you down there. I'll type it up. All they got to do is sign it. So he dropped the whole paddle of the bow rounds off. He got to go home early. So we were down there at uh, uh, God's storehouse. People were driving cars twice worth what I drove. Mm-hmm. It, standing there waiting in line. But, but honestly, the Lord knows, and I'd rather have, I'd rather have the Lord's blessings than to, uh, to, to work the system. But I will say this, too. This is probably not politically correct, and if this was on Facebook, I'd probably get in, thrown in Facebook jail. It's those people who will be living at the rule of the government here in another six months to do what say have to do what the government tells them they can and can't do. If you look after your own self, you don't have to live by their same rules. But anyway, that's neither here nor there. But so that's the first portion of tithe. Um, we give as God's prosper, and God takes it and blesses it, and you can do so much more. All right.